Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grow Up. On today's episode, it's my pleasure to welcome my guest, AJ Dungo. Hey AJ, how are you? I'm very well. Very excited to be talking to you, Blair. Oh man, the I'm I'm excited. I'm I feel honored <laughs> that you're even here. Um, so if you have been a uh, uh, your regular listener here at When I Grow Up. Um, AJ's girlfriend, Monique, is the footwear designer that I interviewed a couple of weeks ago, and he was so gracious enough to give me his time tonight um, to chat with me about a little bit about what he does. So AJ, without, you know, delaying it any longer, what is it that you do? <laughs> <laughs> Quick sidebar, I just want to say thanks to Monique for getting us connected. Um, she'll, she'll be a hard act to follow. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, for sure. I agree. <laughs> I agree. She is a hard act to follow. But I, I have full confidence. <laughs> so uh, to answer your question, I, you know, in the simplest terms, I'm an illustrator. Um, what that means, you know, it's funny because a lot of people, when they hear that I make art for a living, they'll be like, the closest thing that maybe they know in their mind is like, oh, graphic designer or painter, like certain certain terminology sticks in people's minds and illustrator is sort of this it's sort of like I don't know it's kind of a secret profession because mm. you know you see images everywhere all all throughout your life you're walking through the world billboards um uh advertisements tv ads there's movies t- television shows there's imagery everywhere and uh an illustrator is behind making those pictures for everyone. Yeah. So, so, you know, I guess to kind of um, talk about that a little bit more, um, that's true, right? So like these days, I do feel like when people think of images, they or artists, they do think of immediately like graphic designers, because Mm -hmm. that's like, who we go to now for design and things like that. So, um, is there like a defining way to like separate? Because I mean, I, I realize that you do your art probably on a piece of technology. Right, 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 right. And so like, how is it different from a graphic designer? Yeah, it's it's interesting, like the terms that we use to describe all these professions, because there's a lot of overlap. Mm. You know, if you if you take a painter or an illustrator, or a graphic designer, there's certain things that each of us does. But to get specific illustrators deal primarily with images whereas a graphic designer might deal with organizing texts texts ah. for um you know typography um they'll, they'll deal with uh assets like websites and and things like that or um yeah like gotcha. if you if you look at a layout of a, a newspaper a graphic designer did that but then if you look at that same newspaper the articles that have images attached to them that aren't photographs they're done by an illustrator so it's sort of like a really fun profession where your voice is what people seek you for you know you're sort of um someone put it really cool where they said like not only am I a like a sell sword but they like want my sword specifically to use you know like they want they want an illustrator's specific voice so they're seeking you out for that voice you know so you you don't really have to be concerned about being anyone else. You can just be yourself and make your own art. And that's what um, people will come to you for, which yeah, is really cool. I, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> um, so beautiful, man. I 
I am like completely artistically challenged. <laughs> That's not true. No, you it is. Dress. It's totally true, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a bit, you know, it, it can be learned. Mo, Mo, Monique said this in hers. These are skills that can be learned. You know? Yes. Okay. I, I'll try to believe <laughs> you once more. Um, but all that to say, um, yeah, so much respect. I think I, bef- you know, before we uh, met today, obviously I did a little like stalking, you know, social sure. media stalking. Yeah, you got it. Uh, <laughs> Gotta, you know, like study who I'm going to meet with. But uh, man, your art specifically, I think was, for me, very mind-blowing. Just because I can't wrap my head around coming up with images like that and putting it to paper. Um, Thanks, Blair. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I And I just, I'm curious. So you specifically, do you, um, yeah, I mean, I guess job-wise, like are you a freelancer? Yeah. Do you work for a specific company? Um, so I am, uh, I guess if you want to get specific, specific, um, I'm an editorial freelance illustrator, but I'm also, um, this is where it gets kind of dicey because I also do comics, but like, there's been a whole kerfuffle about how to define, you know, is it a cartoonist or a graphic novelist or, uh, an, an author, like, you know, we can get caught in the weeds with the um, verbiage, but um, yeah, I, I primarily work for, so a publication will seek me out, you know, like the New York Times or uh, the New Yorker, um, and they'll, they'll ask me if um, I can work, if I'm available for a job. So it's kind of cool. Like I kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm not literally sitting by the phone waiting for work, but it's kind of how it works, you know, like, um, once someone calls and asks for my availability, I'll block off however much time I need for that specific person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll get work that overlaps. So then that's where <clears throat> a really important aspect of my job is um, time management and mm-hmm. organization. So you have to, you know, you don't have to work for anyone, but you're your own boss. So you really need to uh, stay on top of everything before you get overwhelmed. But that's the double-sided point of this profession is like you have all this freedom but you also have all the responsibility right right yeah um so I would a edit okay so sorry a publication would they reach yeah. out to you specifically because of like your style of work or is yes. it like oh, okay so you don't cater to what they want well it depends I mean every artist is different there are some people that are extremely adaptable uh-huh. And their port, their port. So, like your portfolio reflects what you can do. You know, you only put what what work you want to make on your website or your portfolio or social media. So, mm-hmm. people will see what you do, and you'll be able to. They'll be able to see where you fit. Like, you know, maybe I wouldn't fit too good for a specific job, but someone who has a different type of voice um, would be perfect for that job. So that's where an art director comes in Mm -hmm. and they sort of, they have a Rolodex in their mind and literally sometimes like just a list of people who would be good for certain types of work. So there'd Mm -hmm. be like, maybe there's mental health issues that need to be illustrated. I know the perfect person for that. Maybe there's portraiture. I know someone who's really good at realistic portraiture, but maybe we want, we want something more abstract. Like, okay, I know a person for that. So it's like a interesting, it's very interesting. It's like very collaborative. Um, And what what else is really interesting is that these people are all strangers. My coworkers are just 
it's someone on the other side of a computer telling me, you know, there's a little bit of trust where I'm like, they're like, oh, can you do this job for X amount of money, X amount of time? Um, and then we have this sort of blind trust to one another where it's like, okay, this person will deliver what they say they will. So it's kind of, you know, it's like this interesting um, exchange of goods. <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not like I have a salary and it's just like, it's very, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of uh, not primitive, but it just seems simple, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so AJ, can I ask you, you know, you were describing that certain artists are maybe good for certain types of things that they're working with yes. um, at a publication. Do you have like a specialty like that? Yeah. I mean, I do a lot of stuff for the New Yorker and they always ask me for portraits. Mm. So I love drawing faces, people, just portraiture has always been something that I really enjoyed doing. So once one, I got one job, then other publications, other websites, magazines, they'll be like, oh, wow, AJ did that thing. I'll, you know, everything has the illustrator's name attached to it. So sure, yeah. then they look me up and they're like, okay. So then that's how it sort of like snowballs. Like you start to build a repertoire of work based on what you did, which can be uh, a blessing and a curse because sometimes people make something that maybe they weren't, their heart wasn't in it, but then people come keep asking them for that same thing. So like, you're not going to turn down the opportunity and it's money. But at the same time, there's also this level of artistic fulfillment that maybe an illustrator artist might want for themselves. So um, sometimes you'll see artists just like completely change their style up because they're so sick of drawing like clip art type art. You know, there's just so many, um, there's so many phases artists go through. Sometimes people can just draw the same thing in, in the same style over and over and over again, and they have a great career. Other times people are really searching to do something original and different and keep it fun for themselves. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I forgot what your question was, but <laughs> I hope oh, we touched oh, on it. Just my question was, do you have a, like a specification? Uh, what it yeah, is right. Yeah. So so there's portraiture. Um, I'm, I guess I'm sort of versatile. I can do, um, you know, you'll get more um, conceptual stuff from like, uh, a New York Times article or um, there are certain stories that will be given to you where you need there's like more imagination you know versus like oh we need a portrait of JK Rowling or whoever mm -hmm. um, so you know I can do both but typically it's like portraiture they come to me for you know during the quarantine, I got a lot of images of kids through Zoom and like business people on Zoom and Zoom fatigue. Like there's, it's funny because you start to see trend, like I trending see. topics. So you'll see, yeah, you'll see all these people drawing Trump. You'll see all these people drawing whatever is in the news. Like that's what, what needs to be drawn, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess maybe portraiture and comics. Um, so yeah, sometimes your strengths sort of, or maybe even your weaknesses define what you do, because like, I don't think I'm very good at doing like landscapes or typography. Mm -hmm. So like, I'll, I'll do more, a lot of people, like I love drawing people and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, different sort of act, actions that they could be in or settings or whatever. So all that to say, 
I like drawing faces. <laughs> I guess yeah, faces. So, um, okay, like in my head, right? Like you use J.K. Rowling for an example. Sure. Controversial. Um, like, do you? I don't know why. I don't know why she came into my mind. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I love her. <laughs> um, so, uh, like, you draw by hand first. Like, you have to educate me because sure, sure. Like, I don't. Do you like? do it digitally i don't understand <laughs> so the interesting thing is like to go back even further from just the job uh-huh. when you're when you're say you're a, a you're interested in art and then you go to art school the whole time what they're drilling into you especially for an illustration degree with which is what i got mm-hmm. is um finding your voice finding your style which is mm-hmm. like the most daunting thing ever for yeah a young i artist. mean yeah it's like, how do you, I don't know myself. I just graduated from high school. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> um, but it, you know, you, so then you follow your interests and you follow the artists that you look up to. And then you sort of become like an, an amalgamation of all your influences, okay, film, sure. uh, photography, painting, music, like all these things start to inform your visual style, you know, whether that's painting, watercolor, printmaking, digital work, like everyone has a different um application for this voice so to fast forward to a job um for me personally I've since I've graduated from school I've I've sort of locked down a um a formula for me to make images quick and in an interesting way that still is fun for me and is reflective of my personal voice and all that comes with experience like the more you do it the more you realize like how much time, how, you know, length of time kind of determines a lot of what you can do, you know? Sure, so, yeah. so say for your example, for we're illustrating um, JK Rowling, I would, <clears throat> I would collect a bunch, unless they have a specific pose for me, I would collect a bunch of reference photos and then you sort of composite all these things. Maybe you do some sketches, um, whether that's on paper or um, digitally, you can do the sketches, however, but for me personally, I usually go to my sketchbook. I make do these little thumbnails, and then those thumbnails become bigger thumbnails. And then, you know, I'll, I'll transport that little thumbnail that I got. Maybe I like the way that her face looks like at a quarter angle, and I'm thinking about what could be in the background. Maybe dragons and Voldemort or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, um, you know, I put that all in the little sketch. Then I blow it up, put it. Uh, take a photo or scan it, put it into my computer. And then I put it into my iPad where I have Procreate. It's a program that a lot of artists are using these days, which replicates, you know, real pencils and paints really well. Um, Or an artist will use Photoshop, which is like a lot of people use Photoshop to draw or Illustrator. There's like, there's just so many ways, but um, I would take it into Procreate. And then, you know, I'm basically layering I'm like refining the lines as I draw over each, each um, iteration of, of what I did. And then, um, but before I, I go towards the finish, I have to have a conversation with my art director. I, I mm-hmm. send them typically three, three examples of um, different takes on, on the prompt. And then they come back and it's a conversation where they're like, oh, we don't like this one, but we like that one. Maybe you can add parts of this one into that one. So then I do a revision and then once I finally get their approval, then I go to town on it and I make it look really pretty and 
make it look like a finished piece, you know? Um, but those things are, are different for everyone because there are some illustrators that work completely analog, like they're using oil paint or yeah. So like, imagine the time crunch, like the art director has to know what they can ask for in what amount of time and what's realistic for the assignment. So like, so an artist, an art director isn't going to ask someone who oil paints to do an op-ed illustration, which typically, you know, you have to finish that by like 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Like you get the assignment at 9 a.m. has to be done in the afternoon. So oh, wow. they, ask, they probably right. ask someone like, like me who does everything really quick on, on a computer. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's a very interesting um, process. Sometimes it's very, very stressful. It's exciting. Um, it just depends, you know. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. I'm like so amazed right now. So I mean, so sometimes your timelines can be just a day. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it could be, uh, you know, half a day. Other times it can be up to, depending on what it is, like a month, six months. Like, for instance, I, um, I, I just I'm working on a comic with the New York Times um, for mental health awareness, and I've been working with them on it since July. So it's just been back and oh, forth. Wow! Wow! Okay. Yeah, and then um, I'm about to start a, a new big book project and and like the expectation for me to finish is like June 2022 so there's a lot of discrepancy depending on what kind of job is being asked you know sometimes like the the day turnaround things I'm talking about are usually like um the New York Times because they have a ton of content Mm -hmm. as you can imagine in a big newspaper like that that like they need a ton of images fast so that's crazy. Super crazy. It's super wild. stressful. I, I'm so stressed even thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I it's it's fun. It's a sort of a young person's game because like you can stay up and, sure. uh, you know, I mean, anyone can do it, but it's like you have the energy when you're younger because, you know, at maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I was working at full time as a, a footwear uh, design uh, colorist oh, okay. um, when I first got out of school and then I was also freelancing so like I would get these half day turnaround projects while I'm at work and I would still accept the job just because like that's what was interesting to me like I didn't really care too much about the footwear job but I was really interested in getting a illustration career started so oh wow I was juggling a lot you know that's so crazy and typically illustrators, you know, it's not a shameful thing to have a, a regular nine to five or a mm-hmm. part-time job because until you really take off or mm-hmm. have like a, a broad swath of clients, you're going to need to make money somehow. So right. there's plenty of illustrators that are, you know, baristas or, or they're working like in animation or there's just so many different, um, combination there's not one way to do this profession Mm. like a lot you don't even have to go to school really sorry so an animator would be different than an illustrator it would be but sometimes they also do there's you know like most of the people that work at like for instance I have a lot of friends that work in at Netflix animation or Cartoon Network or something all those people not all of them but a ton of them do freelance work on the side like whether it's for publications or they make Mm. comics or they make graphic novels or um they work on music videos like if you talk to an illustrator they're typically very interesting people like they they just have 
they're very kind and very interesting like because you have to be easy to work with uh, like with an art director so I like see. typically everyone's really not like a uh, phony nice but they're gen- genuinely nice people but um no I mean obviously you're great like <laughs> Thanks, Blair. I'm not tooting my own horn here. I'm talking no, about no, no, not at all. I mean, not at all. Um, well, AJ, you know, talking about you know your your past as a footwear design uh-huh. colorist and things like that, I'd love to hear more about you know where it all started. Sure. Um, and yeah, like I mean, you kind of mentioned uh, some things here and there, but so when you graduated high school, you were mm-hmm. in uh, Long Beach, right? So. I was born in Florida. Okay. And then I moved to California when I was like in middle school. Okay. And then were you like in Southern California? I'm yeah. Yeah. I was in Southern California, um, Norwalk. Okay. California, which is. I, well, I so I don't know if Monique told you. I went to UC Irvine for a couple oh, of years. Oh, yeah. That's and it. Then, go Anteaters. Yeah. Cause that, that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, what a weird. <laughs> I didn't know they make that noise. So weird. Um, but I I take pride in it. But anyways, yeah. um, and then my my parents, uh, they grew up in Huntington Beach. And then uh, okay. um, my parents currently live in Costa Mesa now. Nice. Um, so I know Norwalk. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you, so you grew up there after moving there um, in middle school, you said. Yes. And then uh, I went to high school in um, Bellflower. And, um, you know, I even when I was really young, I had a fascination with art and, you know, a lot of people surrounding me were very creative. My grandmother was a, a, a school teacher and um, she was always making crafts and making us draw stuff. And my older brother was a super big nerd, like a Trekkie and collected comics. And, and he would always have me and my brother, my middle brother drawing, and he would teach us like, this is how you ink a comic. And it was really cool. And it sort of, I got the bug at a young age, but then in high school, I was, I sort of, uh, I was drawing a lot in class and uh, I may have gotten in trouble a few times, but it was enough to be like, I need to stop drawing completely so that I can focus on academics. You know, oh, wow. I, yeah. I think I, I just like, I saw it as a distraction um, no, it wasn't like, you know, I didn't have any, any parents chirping at me or my own, you know, no one was telling me not to do this. I just like, I saw the people around me that were really taking school seriously. And I thought that I had to do the same. So I didn't find, I didn't discover my passion for art again until community college because I had, yeah, it was interesting. I, I went through high school. Um, I was playing a lot of music. I, I was, I, I sort of was in bands and I was in the school band and I thought maybe that might be something in my future. I thought maybe I could be a musical engineer or um, like a recording engineer or, uh, and then I just like, you know, when you graduate high school and everyone's like, they all know, they all have their plan. They know what they want to do, you know? So it's really, it's hard for someone that doesn't. And for me, I didn't like, I, I think I told my parents like, Oh, I'll be a nurse like you guys. And that made them really happy. Because they, you know, being Filipino, being a nurse, it's very, it's a high honor for them if I followed their footsteps. But then, you know, I, I was just saying stuff. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, everyone was applying to schools and getting into like UCI, UCLA. And yeah. um, I, I, 
just uh, I sort of half-heartedly, it wasn't like I was a bad student, but I just didn't, uh, I don't know, I didn't uh, pursue it as hard as my friends did that were like super AP students. And I ended up going to community college and community college is completely underrated. Like if you need time to figure stuff out, that's like the perfect incubation place to do it. You're not spending much money. There's plenty of time and space for you to develop as a human being because education is expensive so you want to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and and doing what you want to do um so it was there that I took a bunch of humanities courses and the only class that I didn't hate was a printmaking class and Mm -hmm. I just took that on a on a whim because I needed like an elective credit and uh, printmaking printmaking is like silk screen um, okay okay uh lithography um wood cuts like anything that requires a substrate to uh-huh, print uh-huh. an image on something else so okay, like gotcha glorified stamps like just right, think right. of a, a rubber stamp you know what i mean Some, <laughs> I, I guess yeah yeah, yeah. some you know it's like it's kind of funny it's like this when we invent when when germans invented the printing press like these there's certain sect of artists like kept doing this like super ancient technology like it's just funny that it's awesome I love printmaking it's sort of but it's just funny that uh, the super super old thing is still in vogue yeah. you know yeah. um, anyway I didn't even so, know like they had classes on. I mean it sounds super interesting yeah yeah <laughs> I mean it's like yeah I mean maybe I'm dating myself but when I was in community college I was taking like analog photography classes where you would like develop film and so stuff. fun yeah I think I think my college was the only one in the area that had like a, a dark room like everyone wow. you know it's sort of this old old-fashioned thing um but uh so this printmaking class was super inspiring and the teacher was so great and he's someone that um is the reason that I went to the school that I did after community college he was just in my ear like telling me like a, a lot of the teachers there so I went to Cypress Community College and they were all such great mentors. Like they, mm. they all were guiding all the students. They were very invested in their students. You know, they, they wanted the best for them. They, they were telling us about grants we can apply for and different schools and different scholarships. And, and that's sort of where I was told about Art Center. You know, people describe it as like the Harvard of art schools or yeah. whatever. I know um, Art Center. <laughs> yeah, it's a great school. Um, and I ended up, there was sort of this impasse mm-hmm. where I I was finishing school at community college. I got into, um, I think, trans- I was able to transfer to Cal State Long Beach or Otis or Art Center. And like, I had a conversation with my dad and I was really discouraged because I saw how expensive like art yeah. school was. Yeah. And I just didn't think, my family could afford it. I think the, I thought the wiser decision was to go to like a, um, a Cal state, you know, where I would be able to af- afford whatever loans that I had to take out for those schools. And my dad, my dad was just like, you know, the person you think would be the guardrail to hard decisions like that. He was just like, you should do what you want to do. Like you should, you know, you only get, I mean, people get many chances to go to for like a higher education but for for me at that moment he was like he believed in me enough to go and pursue my dreams and mm-hmm. he was like you should go to art center I think you'll you'll do well and it's you know you'll just you you you'll be able to pay it off like it's just oh. a payment so 
It was awesome. Uh, yes, yeah. I love it. I just love it. Yeah, it's so <laughs> I mean, great. As a you parent, know, my, a new parent myself, I'm like, yeah, like that's what you want to say to your kid, you know, totally. and to be able to say that. And I'm sure, you know, there's a reason you thought what you thought during that time about what mm-hmm. maybe your dad would say. But for right. him to say something that I'm sure for you in that moment, I mean, I would imagine was just like the green light to just like yeah right exactly it was the you know he gave me the keys to the castle you know it was a very very pivotal moment for me and uh very thankful for him for you know giving me his vote of confidence so um you know aj before you continue your story i just wanted to mention like i really appreciate what you said about community college and about it just being an incubator for kind of figuring things out and not to be I mean let's be real here like I do an, I do a podcast for Asian Americans and right like, right 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 you know and like yes. for whatever reason there is a no I know exactly the reason yeah <laughs> it's a prestige thing you know yeah. I but I I do appreciate that you appreciate that because like I'm sure every guest you've had on here there's no right way to do life you know exactly like, and if you're going to let some what someone thinks of you discourage you from doing things in a way that you can afford it, you know, mm-hmm. it it's what's more important is you following your path and your passion rather than listening to people that may not have your best interests at heart. Yeah, um, for sure. But I, I understand the hesitancy. Like there's a lot of pressure to get into a good school and like even more so like for your children too, where it's getting more and more competitive, you know, yeah. just to, to survive and live and afford a life. So I can understand, you know, it's not coming from a bad place where, when people are sometimes um, discouraging for uh, taking an alternate route, but yeah. whatever works, you know, however people can make it. Um, I say, just, uh, just go for it. If, if you, can't afford a different way then you find a way to make it work no absolutely and I think you know um what you make of it matters too right like sure if you're going to make that decision like sounds like you really made the most of it and it's part of the reason you know you've gotten where you are today too so um yeah yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that a little bit but um so you get into art center which yeah. by the way is there like so that process to get into art school is it like a difficult one do you need oh my to god okay things? so like <laughs> there's a there you know like an ivy league school or any prestigious school like there's a, a a mythology and a folklore like there were people it was almost like um i was around in battle like the veterans like that were at community college that had tried to get into certain schools and they're just like oh man i applied to art center like three times and i didn't get in and it was, it's scary. Like, Mm. like I, I sort of applied knowing that I wouldn't get in and uh, I ended up getting in like first try, but I don't think that speaks to my skill at the time. I think maybe the school was going in a direction where they're letting in a lot of people, like, especially illustration where um, they were, it was like, my class was the biggest class that they had ever admitted because art center is typically you know someone's second degree typically in their mid to late 20s early 30s okay but that trend of people going to this specialized trade school let's call it was sort of um 
in decline mm. and a pipeline of high school students directly to this prestigious art school was sort of opening up. So see. Um, that was sort of the time that I arrived. And I was I was considered an older person. I was like 20, <laughs> 22, 21. So old. So yeah, old. I was like, oh I was ancient because <laughs> people were coming out from high school, like, you know, super young, 16, 17. Grandpa here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's also interesting because like, you just you you can sort of spot out the when you're in a classroom like that and they're typically smaller sizes you look around and you know you could you just know who's who's been around the block a few right, times right, <laughs> right. it's fascinating it's like such a fascinating <laughs> ecosystem of like young and and middle-aged to you know I had some like 40 maybe some middle almost 58 50 50 year olds in my classes it was mm-hmm. fascinating just like all types of people Wow. Wow. So you get into art school and art mm-hmm. center. Um, and so how was this, was school itself challenging for you? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you talk to any art center student, the thing, there's a few topics that sort of will be in rotation, but it's also like this. Um, it doesn't matter when you graduated. Everyone went, <laughs> everyone went through that gauntlet, you know, I feel like a lot of schools are like that, regardless if it's yeah. an art school or not. So, you know, there's they talk about all-nighters and they talk about certain teachers that have um, this built-up mythology of being terrifying and hard and they'll rip your work off the wall. There, I had a teacher who would bring a trash can and he would just walk around the class and rip the pieces off the wall and just throw them in the garbage. You know, like that kind of like, like in, but intensity. Like, but like, why? Like, um... I don't know. I, I don't know if like, <laughs> it, it seemed unnecessary to me. <laughs> I don't know. But it, I, maybe it was mostly showmanship. But um, there were, there was, I, there are some teachers that had been let go from getting, for going too far. Like sure, some, sure. Yeah. But artists, um, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's just, they're getting too wild over there at their art school um, but it, um my experience was fantastic like I I had um I had there's an alumni there that describes art center as like Hogwarts and it's totally a, a great description because everyone there is so talented mm. it feels magical like even the campus is like in the mountains and there's like elk and deer running around and really I didn't yeah know it's that. crazy it's like they they're always warning us of rattlesnakes and stuff oh, wow. and coyotes but I you know the teachers I had were amazing um really really you know just like my community college teachers they just care so much about your you know not beyond art making like they care about you as a person at least that was my experience um, but it was it was challenging. I mean, I was terrified going into that school because I was by no means good when I went in. Like, I don't think I was better than anyone else. And I, even in community college, I was I, I felt like there were pe- I was surrounded by so much talent. And um, the thing about being surrounded by talent, you know, in any any uh, profession is that it pushes you to get better or like improve your game. You know, it yeah. it really motivates you. So I think. The community that I fostered at Art Center was one of my biggest takeaways because, you know, the people you're rubbing shoulders with, your friends, the people you eat in the cafeteria or whatever, they're future art directors. Mm-hmm. They're they're like yeah. um, people that work for 
huge companies after you graduate and they're going to be hiring you. Like there's just a lot of healthy competition, I'd call it, but it was a lot of growing up too. I, I just, I spent a lot of time um, really trying to absorb as much as I could when I was at school. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as an illustrator major, is that what you call it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, yeah. Um, are, so like, what are you like learning in these classes? Like mm-hmm. you already know how to draw. So like, are you learning like technique or how to Some people don't know how to draw. I mean, like there's, so there's levels. I mean. Some so people was, don't know how to draw. <laughs> I, 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 quick story. I was TAing for a class once and this girl was just terrified and, and we, there's a live model and everyone else is drawing like furiously pencils moving. And this girl just like almost in tears calls me over as the teacher's assistant is like, and she whispers to me, can you teach me how to draw? And I'm like, how did you get into this school? Yeah, how, did you, how does that even happen? I don't know. It was wild. But it must have been the year they're just letting people. Yeah, in. probably. probably. <laughs> That's um, crazy. OK, OK. So when I when you go there, illustration is so broad, like like we were talking about in the beginning of our talk, it can, you know, be categorized for motion it could be categorized for editorial okay which is like printed matter paper newspaper website or even websites and then there's um storyboarding and sort of um images for um feature films animations Mm. and then there's surface design there's like people making textiles and patterns for clothing or shoes so it's like you can you can designate what you want to what your path is it it the, a lot of the most successful people in, in the programs at, at Art Center were ones that people who had an idea of where they wanted to be. Mm, you know, okay. people, they, they sort of tailored the curriculum to fit where they would go professionally after school. But not everyone had, had it figured out like that. So mm-hmm. they have specific tracks. So like illustration, there's four tracks. It was um, uh, illustration design, which is which covers like editorial and book books and like making images for websites stuff like that um then there is uh illustration entertainment which is for people that want to work at pixar and disney and they want to draw paint the backgrounds they want to do the storyboards for the next mulan you know um and there's surface design which is like i said objects that need images on them um and then there was something else um I'm I'm forgetting but 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 the track that I picked was illustration design Uh and a lot of people went to that one specifically because it was broad and it's um you can pick uh your classes more freely other ones had a very strict track that you had to stick to okay so with illustration design it it was like blue skies like you can kind of make what you want um but so that was my designation I also took a lot of graphic design classes because I had envisioned myself to be um, working primarily in editorial, I see. which, okay. which is interesting because at the time, you know, print is dying, you know, and, right. uh, and, <laughs> and everything is, so there's always this constant uh, argument where it's like, are we still going to need illustrators one day? Are we going to uh... need, you know, like we, when clip art came in, they're like, oh, we're not going to need illustrators anymore. We could just use clip art or um, whatever. But, you know, I think what stood the test of time is 
creative people adapting and like people still need images online. Yeah. So that's sort of the trajectory I was headed in when I took those classes and it starts off very, very basic. So we, you have your design classes, you have, you know, you're learning about shapes and shadow and lighting um, and then it, and perspective. So a lot of basic fundamental art type stuff that you probably learned in elementary school, Mm -hmm. you know, you're refining those kinds of things like color theory. And then as you progress, um, it becomes less about the form and, and, and learning about how to make an image and compose things. And it sort of turns it on its head. Like after, like halfway through the program, they're like, okay, now take what you've learned and distort it through your lens. And like, then it becomes about how do you interpret like um, an article or how, what is your life experience? Like, how can you take those things and create a unique image? Like, how do you take experiences that you have and find your voice like did you grow up uh whatever did you grow up in um like riding motorcycles like can you incorporate Mm. like the lifestyle that you had into how you want to express yourself because um I'm yeah, so stressed it's, listening to you. It's right very now. stressful. It's very <laughs> stressful because it's so ethereal. It's so like Yeah, like are you does that come so does that come naturally for you or is that a muscle you had to exercise over time? I think I think for me, I uh man, I think I definitely it was a muscle. But you you start to the more you explore yourself the more you learn what you like and what you don't like. Okay. But and, I guess that's um, what school is for, like to teach yeah, you. Yeah, it's, ti- it's your time to learn that, that okay. kind of stuff and, and sort of trial and error when you're in school. So. No, seriously, AJ, my hands are sweating. I know, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting sweaty reliving this. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't do that. Like I'm not, do you know what your MBTI is by any chance? Like your personality? I know my, uh, my Myers-Briggs. Mo- yeah, yeah, that's really what it is, Myers-Briggs. Do you okay. know that? I'm INFP. INFP sounds yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm that's like, what Mo said when she met me. She's yeah. like, "You're an INFP." No, because like just that out of the box thinking and stuff. Mm. Like I'm like, "Oh no, no, thank you." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's for it. It's a difficult thing to wrap your head around, especially yeah. at a young age. But um, but that's amazing. Like, yeah, it it's fun. Sense. Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, depending on. So the classes later in school were like illustration for journalism or or op-ed illustration, where it was actually you take a dry run at doing what you would do in the real world. So like mm-hmm. for that class, we had a, a former art director at the New York Times that would every week, everyone would get the same article. And then the next week, everyone would critique each other on how they interpret the, or interpreted that article, like um, which ones were the most successful. So there's a, there's a, there's it's not so fine arty where you can and you can do anything and everything in illustration there's sort of constraints where you can be creative so you use for instance the article um you would search the article for cues on on what you can draw or, or how what's the tone what's the mood what 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 are the, the themes you want to what are the 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 things that you want to communicate to the reader that you can summarize the article or just give a taste of 
um, in a in a fun, creative way, or you're trying to express something that maybe works in tandem with the writing, you know. Okay. So that's what we were doing in the right, later class. Right. Oh man. Yeah, it's so a, cool. It, that's a I'm skill like, that's like hard. Can't, you know? I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you took the class, that you would be able to. And it sounds like I no, I want to throw up in that class. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but um that's really cool it's cool to know you know um there's probably no right answer for this question aj yeah. i'm curious like you know in your life in particular it sounds like you know going to community college first and then going to art center was beneficial for you but it's right. like you know is there are there like would you have done things differently if you had mm-hmm. known beforehand like would you have gone straight out of high school if you could have or no i wouldn't okay. have because people that came out of high school they were all they would tell me that me and my friends that were older were smarter and more lucky and they there's a certain amount of life experience and and uh you you sort of know what you want to do when you're a little bit older you have more of a grasp on there's a little it's not like you stop growing or you stop learning but you you have a more grounded view of the world I'm mm-hmm. speaking generally, but some people yeah. may be different, but um, I don't think I would do anything differently because I think I've gone through life with very low expectations of um, what can be accomplished. So I'm constantly surprised by how life is going. You know, I don't, yeah. I, any, any, you know, it's, it's good enough to be alive and breathing. So anything else is a bonus, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, but I, yeah, I wouldn't do anything differently. I, I, um, maybe I would just, uh, I don't know. I think I would, I would try and and enjoy my youth a little more and like stop worrying so much about the future Mm. because, you know, those times are precious. The time, you know, I'm sure you remember as yourself, like when you're young and you had endless time to do whatever you wanted and now it's so different like you have a family you have work you have a podcast so like (laughs) you have you have responsibility so I think the only thing I do differently is try and spend more time with the people I love doing fun stuff Yeah. yeah um okay so you graduate from art center and then you know if it were a typical Asian household the you know parents might be like so you're an artist now <laughs> right 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 how are you going to make money you know that's so, what people listening yes. maybe want to know <laughs> of course of course and um the interesting thing about art center is that it's commercially minded it's not there are a lot of art schools around the country that you know they're not any worse or any better they just have a different focus like okay. maybe it's more about self exploration maybe it's more about I don't know it's but like in art center it was more about how do I make money with what I'm doing oh wow (laughs) they're very realistic and very um grounded in how they would life after school like how a student would yeah it is amazing it's very um like I had a a lot of my friends that went to school with me had transferred from other art schools because it was two blue skies like they just felt like they weren't learning any feasible skills for the real world you know um but uh when I graduated even before I graduated actually I was I was getting paid doing freelance illustration work like I started getting jobs while I was still at school wow and uh yeah it was a little bit 
um, it just felt good and it felt doable. Like, you know, as soon as you rip the bandaid off and, and sort of get your foot in the door, it's, you start to see that it's not this golden calf, like it's, mm, it's attainable, attainable, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I had a good group of friends and um, what you do is, you know, typically if, if this was the eighties or the seventies, you would want to live in a place like New York because that way you can take your portfolio, like a literal portfolio of your paintings and your drawings. And then you would go from different, like the New York times, the Atlantic, whatever, um, wall street journal, like you would go up, up the elevator and then you'd show them your work and then you'd, maybe they'll call you, but it's cool that there's still a tradition of that, um, amongst my friends where we all took a trip to New York and we, brought an iPad or we brought our websites or we brought like little things for them to remember us by and we set up meetings with art directors so that's yeah it's pretty cool it's like a way to get your foot in the door because a lot of success in this industry is not about skill and it's not about being the best it's about um, being on somebody's radar like they know that you exist being kind and easy to work with Mm. and they'll keep coming back to you so I sort of did that before I graduated with my friends and and then um, I mean there's a huge part of my story that we've sort of been omitting a little bit and that's um, the entire time I was at at school and pursuing these things um, my girlfriend she was like my high school sweetheart we we had been dating since you know sophomore year of high school she was she was there rooting for me and she was the one that um encouraged me to follow all these dreams and stuff and so when I graduated from school she had passed away from cancer which she had been battling since she was since we got together and so I didn't I didn't really have a plan for what I wanted to do after school I didn't think that I even wanted to be living anymore like I I had serious thoughts about Mm. non-existence and things like that and you know eventually an opportunity came along like you know I guess I sort of was still grieving but then I snapped back to reality and like that six month period of of of, uh, loan forgiveness was over and I just, at that moment, I got a call from a, an acquaintance from Art Center, and he asked me if I wanted to work at Skechers with him, and I had zero experience. I wasn't, I didn't study any, any um, product design at school. I didn't know anything about footwear, but he believed in me, and he thought I was good enough with color and, you know, the the basic design principles we learned at school Mm. to to be worth taking a chance on to to be a footwear colorist which is what Monique does now yeah um, yeah. at Roxy and that's where I met Mo was at Skechers oh really um, yeah so I got hired at Skechers and she was a technician at this time that's right that's right yeah and I was I was a yeah your listeners have to listen to these (laughs) episodes together so they can it's going to be a, we're going to have a trilogy. There'll be a third part probably, but, um, I'm always open. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scheduling your, your, time, your speakers for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mo and I met there and, um, she was, you know, really instrumental in like 
in helping me through those times. And I, so like I told you, I, I was, I was getting freelance jobs as I was graduating from school. I took this study abroad trip right before I graduated. I went to London mm. and I presented a body of work to a bunch of different people like um, art directors, uh, animation studios, ad agencies, publishing houses. Um, and I got a book deal out of one of those meetings. So I had the book deal and then I, I was working on freelance and then I, I got the Skechers job. So I would be completely swamped at work and uh, Monique would always come and spend time with me after um, after hours. Like she would just sit there and talk to me and she'd always be interested in, in um, you know, what I was working on. Yeah. And it, it came to the point where like she was, I was so swamped that she took like a Google doc and then like put how many pages I needed to get done each week. And like, oh. she was bringing me food and like, I was staying at the office like 24 seven. I, I lived in my office because I used it as my studio to work on the book Goodness. and to work on uh, my illustration work. And then also just for work work. So yeah, she was there every step of the way helping me out and um eventually I left my job at Skechers because I saw my friends around me like they had taken the dive and and pursued what they really wanted to do which was you know freelance or gallery work or animation mm. and I felt like I you know I don't think there's anything wrong with doing things the way I did but I wasn't it wasn't my passion to be working in footwear like I wanted to give it a shot and see if I could be a freelance illustrator full-time so I quit my job with the intention of finishing my book and then whatever happened with that um, would happen and maybe I would just start to work full-time cold calling at at uh, art directors and seeing if I can get some more work like that yeah and um, I put the book came out and uh, you know I, all these opportunities that I get it's like it's really just it's like serendipitous because I quit Skechers and then I had a friend that also went to art center that was like I heard you don't have a job do you want to work part-time for a um like as a studio assistant so there's a famous painter named James Jean and he needed an art assistant so I was doing that part-time working on the book and then all of a sudden the book starts to pick up steam like I start I start going on a book tour around right, the, right. the states and I I went to like Austin and Washington DC and Toronto and um all these different places and um the book gets translated into French and it just explodes in France so then I go to France and I I I start touring around all all over France and all these amazing things happen you know and it's a beautiful thing because it's with my favorite publisher and I wrote a book about my favorite, like one of my favorite people of all time where it was her dream for me to, 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 to write a book and, and to pursue art. And I was doing it, you know, the, the tragic part about it is that she didn't get to see that, yeah. but um, you know, it's, it's a, it's an amazing thing just like you, like before we even started talking, you were telling me about how the book had affected you and, her story lives on through you now. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's, um, 
a fascinating side effect of this book coming out and I'm, I'm sort of all over the place right now, but like, oh, it's, you're good. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, where I'm at now is exactly where she had predicted I'd be, you know, she knew that I would be here before I did. <sighs> I'm like, <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just, you know, I, there's so many like emotional things like happening right now in my heart. <laughs> I know but- it's like a, it's like a very, yeah, it feels like, um, uh, what's that Mandy Moore movie? Walk to remember. Walk to remember. So you guys, okay. So this is a book. Hey, Monique. He's yeah, Monique's over here in the corner. Um. Hey, girl. Um. So this is a book in waves. I purchased it, you guys. It's available anywhere you can buy books. Okay, but um. So I will admit, I told I told AJ before, kind of hopping on this chat with him. Uh, I I didn't have too much time to read over it, but I had 30 minutes before we, we met, and I it's a graphic novel. He not only is AJ an illustrator, he's a author, graphic novelist, and it is. I thought the book was about surfing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like I was I was fooled, and I I think. <clears throat> It may have been part of the reason, honestly, that I kind of put off like looking over mm-hmm. it because I'm like, oh, cool! Like the the artwork is amazing, like it's amazing, um, and uh, I was like, man, I can't. This is so interesting. And then I start reading it today, mm-hmm. and you guys, <laughs> I like start crying. Right? <laughs> like, Sorry, I'm like, Blair. oh my god! Like this is not about surfing. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um. But but I guess I and I and I again I'm so sorry AJ I'm gonna take time please don't please forgive me but no, like go ahead um I did kind of skip over the history there is surfing in it there is surfing in yep. it um and it's like inter intermixed with the history of surfing and the story of yep. of Kristen her name is Kristen and yes. um and you and so I I'm curious if I missed it, but like, why, why is it intermixed like this? Yes. You're not the first person to tell me that they completely skipped over the history. To like, <laughs> I just wanted to, to just, know what happened. I know people, people wanted, people are very invested in, in Kristen's story, which is awesome. Like that's so, such a gift. Um, but so the, the impetus of this whole thing coming together was that project I told you about for, that I took to London. And uh, I, I basically, the objective of that class was to take a portion of Los Angeles culture and um, introduce it to someone that's not from the area. Like, oh. you know, take, take surfing and then tell someone in London about why it's culturally relevant. So what I did was I took a, with the advice of my teachers, they, they, they know the history, they know they're very super brilliant people and they saw that I had a fascination with surfing and they recommended that I look into a guy named Tom Blake who's Mm. like the inventor of so many different things he's like maybe like the father of modern surfing basically Mm. so I did that way yeah Yeah. I, I did my whole project about that so then when I showed the publisher that work they were fascinated and they wanted me to make a book about historical figures throughout surfing's history <gasps> but then so like I did a, a rough 
rough draft and I sent some artwork over and some sample writings and and then all of a sudden they changed their mind and they're like I don't we don't want to do that anymore we want to do something with a personal narrative and they're like tell us why you got into surfing why is it important to you Mm -hmm. so the person that got me into it was Kristen like she loved it she was super athletic and um, she sort of ignited this passion within me to start surfing I, I have been skating since I moved to California but surfing was com- completely foreign to me so then once I told them all of that stuff about Kristen's history with surfing and her recent death they they were like you should write about that and like meanwhile I'm in the throes of grief like I it's so soon like she had just passed away maybe three four months before this moment and then they're like write about this and combine it with the history of surfing so condense the entire history of surfing into half of a book and then condense the entire life of your partner into the other half. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, talk about sweating. Yeah. Like I was, I was like, this is impossible. Like, I don't think I could do this. So the reason, like once you, maybe you reread the book and you'll see there's like threads connecting. There's a, there's a reason why um, the people and cast of characters that it chose to represent um, the historical side of surfing are in the book. Um, basically, they reflect my relationship with Kristen, mm-hmm. where there's a man named Duke Kahanamoku, which is who's like, you know, the the quintessential waterman. Like he's like he's a god to surfers, you know. So him and Tom have a very special relationship, one of reverence and respect and love. It's a different kind of love, but that sort of relationship was mirrored in what Kristen and I had. So I wanted, I figured after sifting through all this historical stuff, reading all these books, I'm like, I don't know how I can do this. I saw a thread there where it's like this simple relationship of mentorship and, and, um, you know, adoration. I can, I understand that. So I, I decided to, that's how I'd connect the two stories. And then I built around that. And then at the end of the book, you sort of, you see how it's connected and why I did, made the choices I did. And, but it wasn't my idea to begin with, basically, is what I'm trying to say. It was the publisher's idea. They're like, mm-hmm. find a way to combine this. Mm-hmm. So in typical form, like as an, the illustrator I am, I, I took the assignment and then I tried to make it work. And you did. Thanks, Blair. Yeah, it was a, I mean, yeah, I, I will read great. it again, but like, yeah, yeah, please do. But um, you definitely, I mean, listen, I'm not a graphic novel kind of person. Yeah, yeah, that's many people have told me that too. And and I, my husband is though; he enjoys okay. them. And um, I was telling him like right before because he was setting up the camera and stuff to like, record and everything. And he's like you're reading that now and I'm like yes I can't put it down <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. um so you guys I'm excited for you guys to I might like if you I would I would assume not a lot of people have heard of your book in my mm-hmm. community like mm-hmm. where I'm from um but I'm excited to resource people and expose them to AJ yeah <laughs> please do, please do I mean I I would be eternally grateful for yeah that. no it's amazing so um logistically i'm curious so how long from genesis to Mm -hmm. like release did everything take so uh june april or june of 2016 was when i had the meeting 
and then they called me or they emailed me we skyped uh july of 2016 then i got the job at sketchers in september and uh my entire time at sketchers i was working on the book so i worked at sketchers maybe two years two and a half years and then you know half half of that time was dedicated to just writing research rough mm -hmm. drafts mm -hmm. so like i'm sending all this stuff overseas and like big we transfer like um zip files and they come back with notes and it's just this back and forth conversation like pen pals thing that we have going on and then finally i get the green light after like a year and a half and they're like okay you have a year to draw everything to draw ink color do the type do the cover do the promotional material like you have a year to do that so get to work oh my god so then then that was crunch time like I, I was taking time. It's, I took, I saved up so much PTO. I used that PTO to work on the book. Like oh, I took, man. I took time off to work. And then we were doing, you know, when you, when you work at a company like that, you do, you go to factory visits in China and stuff. And I, I would be working when we we're in China. Um, it was crazy. So then I quit the job. I was just like, I really want to focus and make this thing as good as it can be, because it felt like I was using a very you know it was all my remainder time all my leftover time outside of my nine to five mm -hmm. so like every weekend every day I would stay after work I would just be in the office so yeah all in all like two and a half years I'd stay and then maybe another six months of doing promo stuff and um like they you know certain mer merchandising things that they wanted me to help with um so 2019 is when it was published and then it was, I did my tour that year. Um, librarian conferences. I went to a ton of librarian conferences. Like I didn't know that that was a thing. What is that? <laughs> yeah. So it's like a, a place, it's like a huge convention for librarians from all over the country. And they just go buck wild and they get drunk and they party. You know, what? They're, they're, you know, librarians, they're quiet all the time and they need everyone to be quiet. But like when they're together and they're they're surrounded by books, they just go quite crazy. Like so That's but the reason the reason I know it's so funny, but it, the significance of them, which I had no idea, was they're the arbiters of of books. Like books, they're the they're yeah. the gate, they're they're the one they're they're essentially drug dealers for children where like every book every kid in the country is going to be reading the books that they sell you know like they're they're the ones selling your book they're the ones telling interesting um, they're the ones telling their libraries their schools like what kind of inventory and stock they need for the next year from oh my all these gosh you're right yeah fascinating so you want to impress these people you want to wine and dine them you want to get them uh cheese platters and throw your book on top of it you know like you want them to um have a good opinion of your work because it could determine a healthy uh, successful launch for your book so that's that's insane fascinating that's like... i had no idea so um, you had to do all that i went to one in austin texas uh -huh. and that you know they went crazy they had a marching band in there and like, people, <laughs> all these like middle-aged women were like dancing and going oh wild. my gosh and uh, apparently they filled the bars at night and we're you know they're having a good time and then washington dc was like the countrywide uh conference so okay. it's like huge 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 um event and then the other events i did were like um like comic festivals and, and zine fests and things like that 
Um, wow, what an amazing experience. That's really awesome. cool. You're just surrounded by so much, so much uh, positive energy. Everyone's happy. A lot of talent, a lot of very knowledgeable people. It's, it's a good time. It's amazing. So AJ, like, you know, I don't, I don't know if making a graphic novel was part of your plan or what something you desired. Mm. Um, but now that you've done it, like, do you, and you had mentioned a second book just now, right? Yeah, yeah. I, um, to answer your question, I, I think like, you know, when you graduate, like, there's like a, there's a class called PDL at Art Center. It's the last class you take and you sort of determine like, what do you do in a year from now, five uh-huh. years from now, uh-huh. like 10 years from now. And like, I think on mine, I put like work at like a design agency, write a book, do freelance. Yeah. <laughs> and I did all those. So yeah, now check, I have nothing check, to check. do. Yeah. I have nothing to do anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, it was always a goal to do comics and make a graphic novel. I didn't know, know that it would happen so quickly. I thought sure, it would be yeah. like a decade from when I graduated, but um yeah, it happened. And I, you know, like everything else in my life, I just fell into it. And mm. um, I, I want to keep doing it. Like I, I, so I mentioned the second book, um, another publisher reached out to me with a, a treatment, basically like a manuscript okay. of uh, a book, a young adult book. And it's about, it's a fascinating book about like um, a public school system in Chicago and censorship and how these students like banded together to reclaim like you know their freedom of speech and freedom to to read what they want to read so it's it's a really cool book and it seems very prescient and um I I was more than happy to um you know lend my illustration services so I'm not writing it I'm just illustrating it okay okay yeah. no big deal it's, yeah it's it is it is a little bit easier like you have to wear two yeah, hats I would, when you're, yeah. yeah it's a lot less work sure still yeah, no, a no. ton of work but less I mean even reading this in waves too I'm like you know because I'm interviewing you so I'm like trying to think of things I would want to know and I yeah yeah been like the writing like because you know it's like they're it's very short but yes. like the emotion gets through that is due to like editing and re-editing and re-editing and re-editing so like I would write and write and um I also I had a like I was very self-conscious about my writing because I'm not I don't consider myself a writer I'm an illustrator if anything and um you know I had written in school and I liked it but I I never saw I never thought I was like good at it whatever Mm -hmm. so partially this the reason like the words are so sparse is because I don't want to spoon feed the reader like I was really afraid of like either being overbearing with what I was telling the reader and I it also comes down to like the imagery too is kind of sparse and you just need you you see what you only only what you need and um but I also wanted to make it somewhat poetic and and sort of impactful like I wanted to say more with less I wanted the images to speak for some of the part. I wanted mm. the, the text to explain what the images don't. So there's a lot of back and forth. And that was like a learning experience for me because, you know, writing a comic, I started with like a script. And then when I start drawing, I'm like, why am I, the person reading it is like, you know, going to have a stroke because they, you know, they're reading what they see and they see what they read. Like it, it's like you're spoon feeding the reader and you're not letting them 
interact with the work. So I started to taper back on on like the overwriting and like when when the image meets the text, there's a lot of a lot of revisions that you mm. need to do to make it work in sync because you can paint a picture and it'll work on its own. You can write a novel and it'll be good on its own. But when you put two together, there's like a marriage that happens that you need to be considerate of how a reader will digest the information. Like, yeah. will it be seamless? Will it be smooth? Is it a good moment? Like when you turn the page, is there like an impactful moment? So all these things I'm learning and considering and, you know, I, I did not know what I was doing. So I was reading a bunch of comics, a lot of graphic novels, a lot of um, yeah, yeah. novels, and I was watching documentaries, like just a ton of stuff trying to inform how to even write a narrative because I, I never took a writing class. I don't know what I'm doing. So it was a lot of like monkey see, monkey do, a lot of standing on the shoulders of people who had been there before. Yeah. Does your, like, does an editor help you out in this process? Yes, though? absolutely. Okay. I mean, grammatically they help, they help. They're sort of a sounding board for me because at a certain point I was writing so little that like the editor is like, this is your life and you understand it. So you don't need all the context, but us as a reader, you need to sure, expand yeah. this universe more. Yeah. So, um, so that was healthy. Like they, they're, it was an excellent conversation where, you know, they weren't telling me what to do per se, but they were sort of guiding me, you know, they've, they're the ones that help authors create books, you know? So yeah, they were extremely um, gracious and helpful. Amazing. Well, you know, I don't want to give too much of the book away. Yeah. Too many spoilers, but I did have one more question about it. Please. So there are some scenes where I felt like, Okay, so you know the one where you're talking about chemo and like how the shattered pieces of her life. Oh God, mm. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> um, and then you have to like she's like picking up the pieces. Mm -hmm. Like you know, I just feel like you really had to go there, like yeah, in order for us as a reader to know where she had been and where you had been even during that time like was that what was that like for you to like relive mm -hmm. everything it was challenging I think like a lot of times I would just spiral like I would be because mm. like I she had just passed away and I'm writing about all these things and I'm reliving all these memories and traumatic events in her life but at the same time, I was spending so much time reliving those happy memories or sad memories. Yeah, yeah. It was just, um, it was both like detrimental, but also joyous. Mm -hmm. Like at the same time, it's a back and forth, uh, sort of like a, an emotional roller coaster. But, um, you know, the, I always say this, but the book is incomplete. Like you're not, you're just getting my side of the story. I interviewed her family as well because I wanted to have them be a part of the story and, you know, share the person that they love from their viewpoint, but it's always going to be incomplete because she's, you know, she's not there to tell her side of the story. And I, that's, I think that's a tragic part of this where um, it would be so much richer. It would be so much better if her voice was in it, you know, mm. um, 
So it's like my faulty memory trying to do all the heavy lifting. Sure, yeah, yeah. And there's like this lyric in a song, I always bring this up too, and it always gets me like, um, this guy's singing about his partner who passed away from cancer. And then he says like, he's singing about foxgloves. He's like, what about foxgloves? Uh, um, did you like those flowers? Like, I can't remember you did all my remembering for me. And like, I'm sure like with your husband, mm. you know, you, you guys are two, two parts of a puzzle. Yeah. Like half of your life is belongs with him, you know? So it's, it's hard to stomach like, God forbid the day that one of you is without the other, like you accessing those memories, accessing all that knowledge is, is gone. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's, that's, uh, that's the challenging part. I think of Mm -hmm. writing a book like this. Yeah. One of the challenging. Yeah. Well, thank you for answering that so transparently, AJ. I know. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a book on it. I got (laughs) to, I got to answer the question. No, but yeah, I mean, for me that, I mean, you guys can just purchase a book and see for yourself, but (laughs) (laughs) that, that one picture, I could not stop staring at it. Like the the three graphics of her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if I'm, and then I thought, do I feel like this right now? Mm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm like, what is, what is this feeling that I'm having? And um, anyways, all that to say, it was just so beautifully done. And for me, yeah. I just wanted to share like, man, illustration, <laughs> talking to you, right? Like what, and I, and what you said, you said so beautifully, like it's a voice, like it's giving a voice. And I'm like, I never thought of it like that yeah it's I mean that that's the power of illustration or writing or any sort of art form is like you know you as a participant it can evoke things that I didn't intend for you to you know like an artist can control how someone experiences something to a certain limit but the beauty of it is that you're participating as well and um yeah, it's like it speaks to the power of imagery. Like we yeah. we can just look at a picture and it might be meaningless to someone else, but like it can it can really move you. So um, yeah, I, I I'm really touched that you uh, that that moment resonated with you because I, I needed to find a way to to illustrate Kristen's resilience. And, yes, uh, yes, that's what it is, and I just love it. Like I'm like that's what life is like you know for sure like that's what life is you just pick up the pieces and do what you got to do for the people you love you know and okay anyways (laughs) I could go on and on but um AJ I, I I really appreciate you we're actually I try to keep things to an hour and I talked like forever so um no no this is great no no, Um, I, I was I'm this is fantastic and I just want to thank you for you know taking the time and being so uh, generous and gracious oh no absolutely I, I I feel so like so much more informed about what it is that you do and I'm curious um I usually ask my guests if you have any advice for anybody that's listening that's like oh wow like maybe this is something I want to do or just any life advice at all <laughs> Oof, that's a tough one um hmm I mean if if 
if my career in life can be somewhat of a cautionary tale or some sort of helpful advice column for someone it's like the lesson is just you never know what can happen when you take on a job or if you say yes to something or mm -hmm. if there's an opportunity presented to you like obviously everyone has their limitations and they can't do everything but if if you see an opportunity come it's worthwhile to explore it mm -hmm. um and i a lot of stuff has sort of come my way just from me saying yes to things and being open to people and and uh being a compassionate person and um you know you doing this podcast and interviewing people just you know on a whim like maybe they'll say yes maybe they'll say no and then you end up with a like a relationship and and you have a conversation and, and wisdom's imparted and I love that like I mm. think that's I you should be telling people some advice right now because I I think with what you're no. doing here it's very <laughs> it's like an exploration and curiosity and I think that's very valuable so um yeah just take chances do do what you want to do um and enjoy life because life life isn't all work you know I think a lot of people forget that you know at the end of people's lives they're not thinking about like the spreadsheets that they had to work on or the illustrations they did they're thinking about their loved ones and how much yeah. they wish they had more time with them so yeah I'd say sure. enjoy your time on this planet and be grateful for what you do have because someone might not have the same I could not have said that better myself thank you AJ for for your advice for today, for that reminder, even for my own life. I think sometimes I get so caught up in the everyday that just need to be grateful. So thank you again. Yeah. Thanks. Um, that's, that's Kristen for you. She's the one that, uh, you know, seeing someone go through what she did and, and still have a smile on her face and be concerned about other people. Yeah. You know, you learned to, to value your breath and your lungs and, and being able to walk and anyway. Oh, yes. Um, AJ, uh, I was wondering if there's anybody that maybe had any questions about, um, being an illustrator or maybe like, oh, they want to make a graphic novel one day. Would you be okay with me connecting you with them? Please do. Absolutely. Cause that's how I got started. Like very generous people that didn't have to take the time did that. Awesome. Exactly. So please do reach out to me, like DM me, email me, like I'll, I'll try my best to get to you, but anything I can do to help. Thanks, AJ. Um, you guys, I'm not like, I'm serious. I'm not just promoting it because he's here on my podcast. <laughs> like, I was, comp I'm, not, I'm like, I know I'm it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but I really was like just enthralled like for 30 minutes in this thing. And um, please, please. Uh, yeah, just, it's, a, it's like a love story. Okay, just get it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. But thank you, Blair. That's so sweet of you. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't want to just say things to say it because I, I truly do mean it. Um, um, you guys, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast or if you had questions for AJ, you can DM me and I can connect you guys. Or if you have any questions at all, just feel free to email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Um, all right, guys. Thanks so much, AJ, again for your time. Thank you. Until next time. Peace. <laughs>